Hello and welcome to Anyone for Coffee, episode the 10th, sponsored by the Pulse Award funding from those folks at the Britpod Awards and the Welcome Trust as us. And oh, this is the first episode that looks at PTSD, anxiety and depression. Yes, all of it. Now we get a snapshot anyway of some of the elements arising from these diagnosed conditions and I think for me this is the most difficult one so far as in emotionally even more so than than bearing my all in the next set of episodes and I need to say up front this explores the mental health of someone dealing with having been raped yes uh it was a shock to me to find this was the trigger for the wonderful diane for her ptsd anxiety and depression and i didn't know that was uh what had affected her so i hope that if you know her you at least please do send some thoughts and vibes of healing and happiness her way right and if you don't know her please do the same anyway because obviously she's amazing and is one of the bravest people I know to be sharing this she's one of the most talented good-hearted brilliant lovely people I know and her playing my mum has been so wondrous because my mum's really lovely too right but it's lovely to have an audio mummy (laughs) who is just as amazing and So let's start with the audio fiction. We find Flo in her room talking to herself, going through the leaflets she had in the aftermath of her rape and trying to think positive. She's having a a hard day. It's her birthday. It's also the same date that the event occurred and Charlie and the pals are going to take her shopping for her birthday and take her out and spoil her and try and uplift her spirits but they leave her for a moment on the street and wow she becomes overwhelmed now due to our current covid situation i couldn't get to record the monologue sections i wanted to with diane on my half decent mic so we've had to record over a variety of different things including clean feed and she recorded an outdoor section on her phone so being honest the audio quality is this is variable (laughs) but well I don't think in any way it detracts from the content or Diane's performance I think this is I think some spellbinding audio thank you Diane enjoy right Florence read this one more time and say it out loud You are stronger than you think. Be kind to yourself. You are not on your own in this. It is scientifically proven not to be your fault. It never was. Give yourself time. Once you have overcome this, you can overcome anything. It is a complicated journey to recovery, but you will be stronger and wiser afterwards. You will only learn more about yourself and others. Allow yourself to grieve and heal. Self-compassion is key. Time heals all wounds. You will get through this. You will rebuild yourself. You will get through this. You will rebuild yourself. 
You will get through this. You will rebuild yourself. <laughs> you will get through this. You will get through this. You will rebuild yourself. Yes, I will. I will rebuild myself. Oh. You will get through this. You will rebuild yourself. You will rebuild yourself. Oh, yes, you will. I will. I will rebuild myself. I will. I will. I will rebuild myself. Oh, yeah. So, what it boils down to right now is you just don't want to be a burden. So, delete that text to Charlie, you idiot. Why are you so ashamed of yourself, Flo? Stop it. It wasn't your fault, was it? No. No. No, 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 no. No. No, 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 means no, no. So what did you say to Charlie at that low point? I felt like I was ruining your life, Charlie. No. no you could never do that, Mum. And I remember I said to her, I remember saying it. I'm a burden, I said, and, and I meant it when I thought it. I'm imposing on your life. You'll be better off without me. And Charlie, you were face to face with her at this point in the same actual space. Yes, her house. And she just broke. She couldn't cope anymore. And through her tears, I remember she, like, whisper cried it. I, Mama, no, I will not be better off without you. I, I can't live without you. But I felt like I was ruining her life by being how I was. You know, you are so important in my life now and always and forever, though, don't you? I need you, Mum, because you are like my mum. You're my mum. You are my only mum, mum. Some of my friends, they don't have their mums anymore and I am so, so lucky that I've still got you because, believe me, you have me worried a lot and I do not know what to do to make this better, 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 better. And do you think she had cause to worry about you? I remember she said, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this I can't anymore. come home knowing whether you're going to be okay. Not knowing if you're going to be alive. I was scared to go out. I was scared to go home in case... I, in case you were... That was a breaking point for both of us and... We talked, and we talked, and we talked, and we still talk. And she said, That is what makes me love you so much more. You, you have so much love to give, Mum. You're, you're wonderfully kind and funny and caring, and I am so fucking angry that this has happened to you and someone has taken that true feeling and in a way some of your your life away from you in your life your real life is just so fucked up language charlotte 
I couldn't even say why I felt like I did half the time. But the hardest thing ever was to say how I felt to her, to anyone, about the rape, about the sexual assault. What would you say to someone else who had gone through this now, if they were sat next to you? If, well, if anyone else has had this, this thing happen to them, and I'm certain there's almost certainly more than we will ever know. If you're in such a crazy downward spiral state and you think dark, dark things, there will be someone who needs you and wants you in their life wants you and needs you to stay. Find those people. Find them. And love them. Keep them as close as is safe and comfortable to you. There are good people. Find them. Find them. Find them. And you're back in your room. You're right, Flo. You're all right, you are. You're going to be all right. Yes, you are. This is just you talking to your own self. Hello, pleased to meet you, own self. (laughs) How are you? Oh, you know, I could be, well, better. Thank you very much. (laughs) (sighs) What's the time? Ten. So, snacks? Yes, yes, snacks. (laughs) I wonder what Charlie's up to. Should I call her? No, 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 no. She's she's probably out with the kids. No, I won't bother her. No, don't bother her, Flo. You're still talking out loud? Yes, I am. Lovely. Burden, burden, burden. Don't want to be a burden. Burden, burden. Don't want to be a burden. Isn't it quiet here? Quiet. Quiet. Oh, <laughs> shocked myself. Right. Come on now, Florence. What are you going to do with this beautiful day? Well, looks a bit cloudy, but it's sunny at the moment. Now the weather report is just in from flowing leafy Buckinghamshire, UK. Yes, well, Davina, it is very, very cloudy at the moment with a chance of meatballs. Yes, it is. Yum! Oh, I forgot to get spaghetti, though. So, meatballs on toast it is. (laughs) And I think if you're even considering going outside, then you should just, you know, go now. Or you'll never go. And you'll be stuck inside on your own, like you usually are on the weekends, and it's Really, all a bit shit and you'll be lonely and no one wants to be lonely, do they, Davina? Oh, wait. You're not really Davina. You're just in my head and I'm still talking to myself out loud. Yep, (laughs) that's what's happening. You silly dilk. Right, come on. Shoes on. I can't go out. No. No, 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 no. Yes, you can. No, 
Come on, Florence. Oh, I can't do this. No, no, no. Yes, you can. Shoes on. Shoes on. No, no, no. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, you can. No, come on, Florence. Shoes on. I can't. I can't do this. Jesus. Nearly gave me a heart attack. Wait a few rings to show you're not desperate. Who is it? Oh, all right, Charlotte. What are you up to then? Oh, is that today? I forgot. she can. See you soon. Okay, it's my birthday. So it's the 29th of February and I am 15th today. Gosh, nearly legal to smoke and to, well, less said about that the better. Oh Jesus, it's the anniversary today of then. Oh God, why did I have to remember that? Oh shit, where are my shoes? Shopping therapy, ma'am! Don't you just love it? Yeah, it's all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that lunch. I am stuffed. <laughs> oh, just look at all these beautiful bags of retail joy. None of that really matters, though, does it? Uh, oh, Rachel and Freya have just taken Gabby to the loo. Need two of them to lower and raise her for a wee. I hope it's just a wee. Hmm. I might go myself, actually. Can you look after the bags? It'll be all right, yeah? Sure. But but don't leave me too long. Okay, birthday girl. Whoa. Oh, lots of people here today. Are they staring at me? Why are they staring at me? Stop staring. Oh, don't push past me. Don't, 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 don't. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need to go. Oh, don't touch me. Don't push me. Don't push me. I can't. I can't wait here. I can't. I need to go. I need to go. Go, go. Go, 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 go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. I just need to, I just need to calm down. I need to calm down. Calm, calm, calm. I need to, I need to de-stress. It's, it's just It's just people and just... Oh, God, it's busy. It's busy, but I, I need to escape. I do. I do. Oh, God, it's all too much. It's all too much. I just, I just want to push a button and I just want everything to just, just stop. Depression. Oh God, it's a fascinating condition. Illness. State being. Or not being. Whatever you want to call it. Anxiety. Manifests itself in a number of ways. Let me breathe. World. World. Let me just. 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 Let go, let go, let go. I don't like crowds. I don't like crowds. That, that man, that man just he just pushed too close to my like and he just got that one, that one, he's just he just keeps looking at me. And that one, and that one. He looked at me all funny, but oh 
God, they're just people, Flo. They're just people. Just going about their daily lives. They didn't mean to. They didn't mean to, did they? Like, he didn't mean to. Like, he didn't mean to. Sexually assault you. One, One, two, two, three, three, four, four, five, six, seven. Seven years this has happened. Seven years of years holding it in, keeping it together. Oh no, flashbacks. No, 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 no. Not now. No, you're on the street. You're on the street. You're in Wickham. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You're you. You're here, Flo. You're here. You're alive. Are you? Is this living? I keep seeing him. Him with his hands in his face. Stop it. Stop it. You're shocking. You're shocking. And, and, and. Go, 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 Right, 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 right. You're in amongst the living. Just go, 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 go. Well done, well done. You're walking, you're walking. Just keep walking. Be in the now, be in the Where's she going, Mum? Not another man stalking and groping and stop, 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 stop it. No, it's your birthday. Don't think and and don't blink. No, no, no. Or if you stand, if if you stand still, you'll cry. You'll 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 break. Keep going. Keep going. Where's the safe place? Where? 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 Keep going. Keep going. Run! 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 Running, bloody hell, Mum! Mum! Oh shit! Look, can you take this? I'll, I'll go catch up. Uh, I, I'll call you or, or, or meet you at the station. Well then, are you okay? I'm okay. If you're okay, I'm not wanting to throw too many statistics at you, but. I just want to look at things from a, I don't know, trying to put things in perspective kind of way. On the Rape Crisis website, UK website, it says that approximately 85,000 women and 12,000 men aged 16 to 59 experience rape, attempted rape or sexual assault by penetration in England and Wales alone every year. That's roughly 11 of the most serious sexual offences of adults alone every hour. Only around 15% of those who experience sexual violence report that to the police. Approximately 90% of those who are raped know the perpetrator prior to the offence. Now, I know that I do, and I know Diane would want you to get help if this has ever ever happened to you and there's a good list of places to look and websites and places to read to listen to 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 talk to someone and they're all on the quirky voices website on the show notes for this so you know have a look please please do now here's my interview with diane herself and as i said i didn't know the cause or reasons for her ptsd and anxiety depression kind of blindly coming in thinking I don't know what, to be honest. And I didn't know that was what was the trigger for many of these manifestations of the PTSD, the anxiety and the depression. Uh, Until she said it out loud. And 
believe me, I was in shock for a good, good while. Uh, but I managed to just keep talking without leaping over the mini table, knocking over the glass and wanting to give her the biggest cuddle she allow. Yeah, I'd probably still be cuddling now. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, here is where Diane shares how she copes with the day-to-day and what happened to her and some of the ways in which her anxiety affects and invades her life still now. It also looks at the huge importance of therapy in Diane's life in stopping her from turning inward on herself for making her and helping her unbottle her thoughts and feelings and understanding of this now her, the past her, and how the event that happened needed to be unpacked and opened to help her healing, to help her move on, to help her live, because the alternative is, well, you know, I don't want anyone to have to go there because they kept its feelings, the events inside, kept them insular, and they didn't talk and get help. So, have a listen to Diane, and if this doesn't convince you to go and talk to someone, I don't know. So, Diane, welcome to Anyone for Coffee. Thank you. I'm very, very excited <coughs> to speak to you because we've worked together on some fun plays. Yes. And you are a delight to watch <coughs> on stage and off. The condition that we're talking about today is something that probably quite a lot of people listening either know of somebody or potentially have had it touch their lives or their family in some some way. So, do you want to just explain a little bit about the condition that we're talking about with you? And just how it manifests day by day currently. Okay, so yes, one of the biggest things that I had in my life, I I was diagnosed with PTSD Mm -hmm. after a a big traumatic incident in my life. It it affected me really badly for quite a while, if I'm honest, um, quite a few years, where I got anxiety bad depression really bad depression and couldn't find a way out just was in a hole and could not find a way out of it Mm. now that was we're talking a good 10 years ago um 10 11 12 years ago maybe 12 years ago but I still I still suffer sometimes I do still suffer with bouts of depression Uh, very low self-esteem low self-worth that kind of thing Mm. and I have anxiety I have panic attacks occasionally not so much as I did but I do still get them Mm. and I get moments of anxiousness where I cannot cope so how just just unpack that a little how does that manifest then when you say a panic attack if you're able to try and describe elements of that how does it has it first happen and, and when is it its worst and when do you know it's finished it's a really weird one because I don't even know sometimes what sparks it. It's sometimes mm. when I'm maybe tired or maybe got things on my mind, mm. so I'm concerned or worried about things. I find quite often when I'm in crowds, which I never used to have an issue with, but right. if it, a crowded place. So quite often, like, if I'm in London and I'm going against the grain <laughs> and everybody's coming at me, I, I, I get overwhelmed and I, I just can't cope. I just I just get really 
really anxious over it. What do you do? Do you go into a shop then, or uh, yeah? Find if, them if, space, if, or? if I'm in a, if I'm in an underground station, I'll usually just take myself to one side and stand there until the rush has gone because I can't deal with it. So if it's in a crowded street, then same sort of thing. I'll go into a shop. I'll just I'll just move. I'll just move away from what's going on out there because. I need to calm down, I need to de-stress and just yeah. tell myself it's just people yeah. and it's busy and you just got, that's the way it is. And what kind of thoughts <clears throat> go through your head at that point? How does it become overwhelming? Um, it, it's a, it's an escapism, I need to escape and I just want to scream and, and just, just everything to stop. I just want everything to just stop. Mm. I want to just switch a button and go stop and just let me breathe yep. so I can regain myself and go. And of course you can't do that, so you ha- I have to think of ways of dealing with it. Before it would have been, I'd either just stand and break down, mm-hmm. or I'd run. So you mean physically cry? Yeah, I'd physically cry, okay. I'd, I'd just, just, yeah, just, just go into a meltdown basically. Right. Has or people I'd, ever come to help you? Um, yeah, state? sometimes people have, yeah, sometimes people have said, are you okay? And Sometimes I'm like, I'm fine, and sometimes I just ignore them or just say, run. Helpful? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a difficult one. It's As I said, it has got better over the years, so mm. I'm more able to deal with it now than I did at the time. Right. A classic one was when I was shopping in a supermarket, mm. and I'd be halfway around the store, got my tro- loaded trolley, and something would happen. Somebody would get too close, or something would happen, and that'd be it. And that just, I'd be like, I can't do this, can't do this, right. got to get out of here. Got to get out of here. So, and it would be abandoned trolley and just get my bag and just leave the store, get in my car and come home. Right. And was that sit in the car for a little while no, and compose, just no, drive straight off? Just drive. Mm-hmm. Just get, get just get away. Just get away. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even... I think if I had sat in the car, I probably would have composed myself. I probably could then go, okay, you need to go back and get your shopping. Right. But it was a, it was a flea. I've got to get away from here. I can't do this. That mm-hmm. I would come home. I, I would go home and, and get in my house and... Strip off and get my pyjamas and curl up. And that was it. Okay. And then I'd go, I've still got no food. <laughs> right. I've still got no food. I've still got no milk. I've still not got this. I've got to go back out and do this tomorrow or something. And you did then go out? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because maybe by the time a few hours I'd, I'd settled down and calmed down, I could I could then relate to it. and mm-hmm. not even relate to it. i just go, I need to get some food. Yeah. I need to do this, Diane. You need to get up and go and get your food. And that's yeah. it. So. Yeah, yeah. And this all comes, the, the, the anxiety and all those panic attacks and that all come from the, from the incident. Mm. Uh, basically, it just left me raw, uh, left me in a terrible, terrible state. I think I've, I've always had problems of deepness and, mm-hmm. and darkness. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it too much. I've always thought I was quite a solitary person. Right. Quite often used to take myself away from my family Right. And just go and do things on my own, like on a Sunday afternoon, go up to my room. Mm-hmm. And I think I can be... Was that quite... as a child? You yeah, as a child, yeah. yeah. I'd always go upstairs, they'd be watching something, and I'd just go and do my thing. Mm. And I think even growing up, I was quite a... I love my friends. I love socialising. Yeah. I love being with people. You are of a life and soul. Yeah. And you, you know, and yeah. I know you as that. Yeah. That kind of side to you, I must say. Yeah. And mm. people have always said that about me. Oh, mm. you're so sociable. You're so outgoing. You're so this, so that. And I'm like... Yeah, not always. Mm-hmm. Not always. You know, sometimes I can go somewhere and just think, oh, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't walk in this place. I can't I can't walk in there. And then I go, I have to walk in there. Yeah. I have to do this, you know. Have there been times where there has mm-hmm. been that situation and you haven't gone in? Or have you always managed um, to talk yourself to? I think there have been a couple of occasions. I wouldn't say 
too many I have actually tried to especially if it's if it's work related or even sometimes social related I just think if I don't go and people are expecting me it, it's always been this thing of how what would they think of me if I don't go if I don't just turn up at this party or this thing they'll think right. why did she not come right. well we won't invite her again because you know that kind of thing so it's like mm-hmm. a, no I don't like letting people down so I will do this and I have walked into places where I've been my stomach's just been turning and turning and turning and I'm it's killing me and I can't breathe and I can feel my chest caving in and everything and I think oh, I've just got to, I've just got to go in I've just got to go in I'll be alright once I get in there I'll be alright when I get there and I walk in and I'm just thinking everybody's staring at me why is everybody staring at me and they're probably not but that's how I feel mm-hmm. and then I just think I need to speak to someone or I need to get a drink and, and normally it's a head for the bar or a head for the drinks or head for the you know somewhere I can just kind of just go and hopefully go unnoticed uh-huh. and then somebody usually comes over to me and I'm like oh hello how are you and you know um, normal service assumes yeah, yeah. Say, yeah and it's weird because doing like the job I do mm. I have to meet people all the time and yes so you're an event manager yes I am. so there's a very kind of sociable needy yeah, job we have to convince people and organize people and yeah. yeah and I think it's one of those things that if I'm in control I'm fine so mm. like last week I go to this exhibition mm-hmm. and I walk in and I'm right I need to see this 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 and this person and I'm going to do this 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 and this yeah and I'm fine because I'm in control of that but I think it's if somebody speaks to me that I maybe didn't want to speak to that I think, oh, 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 I'm not ready for this. Right. Who are you? Sorry, why are you talking to me? <laughs> kind of way. Okay, um, so it's kind of a mix because people say that to me and they say, with my, with the drama and the acting, mm-hmm. how can you get on stage if you feel like this? How, how can right. you do that? Yes. It's like, no, that's, that's a front, that's... It's me being someone else. That's mm. not me being me. That's me being someone else. Yes, it's me up there. Of course it's me up there. Yeah. But that's me being someone else and portraying someone else. Yes. So it's easier to do. I, I agree. I'm a character actress. I think both of us share that fun trait that we yeah. love to really embody these completely different souls to us. And I, I think that's why I love acting. I've, I found it with voice acting, for example, really hard to use my own voice. Oh. I have, uh, I've been doing a few interview shows for the last few years and editing myself is the hardest thing oh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And when I'm auditioning for things, I will always pretty much put on some kind of accent and I love characters with accents because of that and I've played old ladies since I was 16 (laughs) so I absolutely get that yeah being on stage is that completely different persona and I would say the same with teaching Mm. maybe the same with you for your events managing that you're putting on this persona's kind of suit of this efficient amazing held it together person yeah that is you know able to organize and do all those things i find that fascinating i think you step out of your own body to be Mm. something that you need to be for the moment Mm. and i Mm. think that's yeah i think that's what you do Mm. Um, i mean just rolling back to the words ptsd some people would associate that with you know perhaps war or other like more perhaps recognizable places of, of trauma absolutely and so um so post-traumatic stress disorder how did you know that that is kind of what what, I what had. you have yeah and and what then happened to help you deal with that okay so i went through an incident which i don't whether you want me to talk about that or I not completely up to you absolutely. um I went through, it's going to be quite hard because I don't talk about this, but I think for the purpose of this, I need to maybe explain what I went through. So 
Um, basically, I was raped and sexually assaulted and assaulted by somebody who you think is a, a friend who overstepped the boundaries, overstepped that trust, overstepped that level of friendship. Um, it was an extremely difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to some level, I blamed myself because you kind of think, did I give out the wrong signals, that kind of thing. In my opinion, no means no, but as that, yeah. that, that didn't happen. So I, I kind of um, put on a brave face for a while and then eventually broke and, and, and just couldn't deal with stuff and yeah. became very, very upset. I, I became very ill. I lost my job through it. Um, and went through, suffered like really bad depression through it, and, mm. and became, like I said, very anxious, very scared, scared to go out, scared to do anything. Yeah. This is obviously over a period of time. It didn't happen overnight, but it mm. was a couple of weeks when I got myself to the state, mm. and went to the doctors. I couldn't sleep. I was, I was a wreck. Yeah. I was a wreck basically. Yeah. Um, and and it was, it, I think it was a. I went through this level of trust thing that you know. How can I ever trust anybody again? And mm. how, how can I know when people are genuine? Because I thought this guy was a friend and he obviously wasn't. And I went through a whole bag of mixed emotions and feelings. And aside from the fact of how my body felt, how I felt violated, all those kind of things. Yeah. And so I went to the doctor and I said, you know, I can't sleep. I'm going through a really bad time. Mm. And they give you this tick list you know you have to tick off the boxes and mm. he said I'm going to give you some some you know mild things to help you sleep uh-huh. and that went on for a couple of weeks and and eventually I just had a complete breakdown mm. I think it was just a lot of things building up and I eventually had a complete breakdown mm. went back to the doctors and he said I'm going to give you antidepressants I think you need to go on these antidepressants and stuff and mm. he asked me why I was going through what I was going through and I I obviously broke down and told him yeah. and he said I think you're suffering with PTSD. Right. Post-traumatic stress disorder. And I said, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what war veterans get. That's yeah. what people from the war get. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, why would I have that? You mm-hmm. know, Surely it's just depression or just me not feeling good and low self-esteem and not feeling great about myself. And, and he said, no, it's a post-traumatic stress disorder can come out in lots of people for lots of things mm. he said people can suffer from it if they have a really traumatic birth with yeah. pregnant you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. he said it comes out in a lot of people in a lot of ways and it's not recognized as much as it should be right. but people always associate it with war and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so he told me that's what I'd got and and I had to deal with it right I was given therapy I went through a lot of therapy I think I saw I went to for cognitive therapy. Mm-hmm. I went to all sorts of psychotherapy, rape therapy, everything. Did you feel supported by that? Was that helpful? Some of it was. Mm. I have to say some. I didn't always feel comfortable with the therapist. Right. And that was a really hard thing. Um, and that makes I, sense if you think oh, about where you're coming from, yeah. I think particularly the rape therapy was really hard. Mm-hmm. I, I, I found the woman very nonchalant. As okay. if she really didn't care what I was saying, and oh, no. and at one point she actually yawned in one of my sessions, oh. and I and oh. I was really upset, sort of said, "Sorry, am I, am I boring you?" Mm-hmm. Because I was angry as well. I, mm. I got this defined. I then got angry. I went through a whole mixed bag of emotions from happy, sad, depressed, upset, yep. loathsome, self-loathing, self 
lack of self-worth, mm. wanting to kill myself, self-harming. I went through self-harming. I went through the, I went through the lot. I'd smash yes. my fist into a wall mm. just to take the pain away. And I got angry. Really, yeah. really angry. Mm. And she was just like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I just really had a hard day. And I just thought, what am I doing here? Why, yeah. why am I talking to you? You're not even interested. Mm. And so I did go through quite a few therapists, quite a few people. And I think it was my last, I went through one through the social services, put me in touch, and I went through three therapists, not not went through them, mm-hmm. but they had to keep changing me because they had other things on, and I was getting really fed up with it. I said, I need I need continu- continuity yeah. and yeah. consistency. Yeah. And there was a lady, she was the head of the team, and she said, right, I'm going to see you. I will find time, and I'm going to see you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not having this, you keep being palmed off. And I was with her for 18 months, mm-hmm. twice a week for right. 18 months right gosh and when I first saw her and spoke about it again I was like oh here we go again I've yes. got to go through all this again yes. you know can't you read my notes and she's like no I need to hear it from you mm. and I broke down I cried and I was angry and I hated the world and I said I'm never coming back I can't do this mm. and I went back <laughs> And I think for the first six weeks, I said, I'm not coming back. I can't do this. Yeah. And every time I went back. And yeah. she was, she was my lifeline. Right. Yeah. She was my lifeline, if I'm honest. She was an amazing woman. She was so good. And she, she got me through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe and a lot of deep stuff that was deep-rooted. There was nothing to do with the incident. Just right. a lot of other stuff that came out. Yes. And she said it's been, you know, it's been like a... a core you know, of it or yes, something. It's just all building up and up mm-hmm. and up and up. And then this last incident has just knocked you yep. off the planet. So... I mean, can I just ask, with regards to talking to her and... and sharing that with her what kind of things do you think that she did were most helpful I think she brought things out in me that I didn't maybe realize were there so she would um, ask me a question that that may lead to something else Uh so she never ever said to me you're this or you're that or you've got or you have or Mm. it was always Things like, how did that make you feel? Or what did that do to you? Or what memories have you got of that? Uh That everything started coming up from inside of me and pouring out in a way that I would never have believed. That I found myself talking to her openly, like I am with you now, Mm -hmm. which I could never have ever done before. I bottled everything. I never spoke about anything. And it just flowed. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes towards, towards the later days, it was like, Oh, have we finished? I was just getting going. Yeah. And that's what she would say. I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to stop you there. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know. I'm ready to, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And because of that, yeah, she, she made me feel a lot better. But it, it, it's still, obviously it was still there. But she said mm. that she'd done what she could do and she couldn't go any further with me. Yeah. And the rest I had to do for myself. That's and yeah, that's amazing. I have had therapy for something I... I don't really want to talk about, but essentially what my main takeaway from that was I said to her, how on earth do you cope yourself with all of these things that people share with you? And she just kept her hands like this and just went, I hold it. And I thought that's a really interesting way of, so you don't take it in. Yeah, she doesn't take it in, she's just there. It's there and it's, you know, it's rested and it's safe in those hands. And I I think for a lot of people who perhaps 
might be isolated in their own world, you know, or they're very busy and they don't mm. make enough time for themselves that finding perhaps a route to getting help through therapy talk is probably something they should investigate. Would you recommend? I would. I mean, I would never have done years ago. I'd have said, you know, no. But knowing what I went through and how it's helped me, and I've had a lot of trauma over the years, you know, with different sorts of things and and bottled it, like I said. And it it does help to talk. And, you know, I I always thought it was not, not... not crazy I just never shared anything because I felt it was personal to me so why Mm. would I share things Mm. that you know that have happened to me but I do know of a few people if I'm honest that have taken their lives Mm. and suffered from depression and and you know um taken their lives through suicide yeah and I've just found it so completely sad just yeah. just completely not just sad just horrendous yeah more than tragic I would agree I know absolutely tragic too. you think if only if only yes. somebody could have helped them yes you know absolutely if only and I know of a couple you know um where they were given help and they in a lot of help was offered and mm. but they were of the mindset that they were not good people and shouldn't be on this earth and mm. that to me is so tragic because I just think could somebody have got through? Could yes. could there have been somebody that would have found their way in and just hit a nerve that had mm. gone? Oh, okay. Yes. You know, um, yeah. So yeah, I think it is important, and I don't think you know a lot of people, like you said, they 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 don't talk about depression. And you know, you're not yeah. depressed; you're just fed up. And yep. there is a difference. There's a big difference between being low and fed up and being depressed. A big big difference. Mm. And people go, oh, I'm depressed. No, actually, you're just fed up, you know, because things haven't gone the way you wanted them to. And I think there is a difference, but it is knowing if somebody is really depressed, yeah, it is offering that support and helping them. I'd offer support to somebody who was just fed up, yeah. you know. I would offer yeah. support to anybody right. who just said, I'm having a bad day. I'd be like, right, you I'm going to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Because I, I think was, it's I was going to say that how, knowing what it's like from the inside, if you like, how would you recognise that someone else might be suffering? Because that's really difficult. It is difficult, as what? we all know, because they say those people, the smiling, people that take their lives, yeah, yeah. are smiling, happy people, shining on the outside, full of full mm-hmm. of life, life, soul of the party, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think if you, it is again one of those things that if you you don't know, you're not you're not going to know, and there's nothing you can do about it because you didn't know. Yeah. But I think if you do know and you know that that is all a front that's the difference but I think how do you know I I don't know I know people in the drama industry for example I know a lot of people that I know have got these big smiley faces and underneath they are suffering yeah and I think I just know that through getting to know them as people Mm. that I think "Mm, there's more to this there's more to you you're actually struggling quite hard in your life and things like that Mm -hmm. but I think unless you know someone you know it it is a difficult one it's very difficult I mean if you suspect someone is say if you think you know checking in with them in some way or asking them to things not forgetting to keep asking them for things if they are whatever reason sort of hibernating I suppose yes for a while yeah you know things like that whole thing of as you mentioned earlier it's like if you don't go to things people are going to stop asking you and I think that's quite key as well yes yes um yes ask why they're not coming don't just think oh well they can't be bothered no there's obviously a reason there's obviously a reason why they're hibernating there's obviously a reason why they're saying 
they want to come out but they don't come out or yeah yeah and that's that's when you do your checks and go is this person okay because on the surface they seem you know it's great at work but ask them out for a drink if they don't want to come yeah and is it because they're unsociable or don't like our company no because they will say they want to so there's obviously an underlying problem somewhere mm-hmm. family and friends wise where has your support come from for for helping you get through the, the craziest <coughs> of times the hardest of times my daughter Mm-hmm. Okay. And she doesn't live close. No, but she did. She did at the time. Right. She lived with me. She lived with me when I was going through my worst. Okay. And was that by choice or it yeah, was no, her circumstance or no? She lived with me because we were living together because yeah. she was younger, and right. so she okay. still lived at home. She right, just right, still right, lived right. at home. Right. And it, I can't. You know, it must have been the most horrendous time for her. That. I did say to her, I think it was about a year ago, you know, I felt so bad that I'd, that I'd put her through that kind of thing, that right. she had to be mum to look after me. And I said, I I felt so bad that I'd put her through that and that I couldn't, I couldn't get well and wasn't there for her. And she, she was just wonderful. She said, you know, I had to be there for you. I, I, I had to be. And she said, yeah, it was hard. And it was hard going out and coming home and praying and hoping that I was going to find you sitting up on the sofa, (laughs) you know, rather than not. And I know that was really hard for her, but she was incredible. And and I'm so proud of her for that because she went through a really difficult time. And we do, we do talk about it, you know, now we talk about it more now than we did. And she just always says, I'm just so glad I've got my mum. I just, yeah. I, I'm just so glad I've got my mum. And, you yes. know, so it, it, I, she, I would say she was, she was my rock. How, if you don't think this amazing woman is one of the bravest people in the world, I don't know who to suggest instead. <laughs> now, uh, we move on to a medical professional. Kylie Selholm is a medical professional, working for and in mental health. Now, her titles are numerous, and I say that in the interview in a moment, so I won't do them again. See if you can guess them all now and give yourself 10 points for each correct job title you've guessed. I am hugely grateful to her for the time and research she put into preparation for the interview. So here is what she said about defining the condition and where and how folks can find help and information. I'm very, very excited to welcome to Anyone for Coffee, Kylie Selholm. Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really so humbled you could come on and you're busy scheduled. You are a, a working person who has got so much going on as well as being, now let me get this list right, a psychological therapist, BABCP accredited CBT therapist, IPT therapist, RMN, and you work for an NHS trust in secondary care. You're, you're amazing. We all clap for you we all <laughs> thank you do, very do much. all the things I, I, I thank you very much for working so hard to help people is the underlying thing I'm trying to say uh, so you're thank more than you. qualified to speak to us today about all these elements that have affected our wonderful Diane and obviously countless people across the world to be honest so I'd like to start with looking at because our focus is on the PTSD and anxiety let's just see if we can break down the kind of layers of what anxiety is how 
How would we recognise anxiety in ourselves or other people? Okay, so I'd say, first of all, that anxiety is, you know, is completely normal. We all need it. It's a sort of helpful, adaptive emotion. And it's, you know, it's primarily there for our survival, for mm. our threat system. You know, it warns us of danger, keeps us vigilant to any threats, helps us to solve problems. I think, you know, sort of where issues might arise is where often our emotions want the same things as us. But sometimes, you know, they lead, lead us to have urges and do things that are excessive or unhelpful or kind of at odds with our values and goals. And mm. that's when things sort of tip into perhaps being a bit more problematic for us. Right. So if you, if you think about anxiety disorders, so when things do kind of tip into being a bit more problematic in our lives, there are a number of different disorders that are kind of associated with anxiety, panic disorder. Um, OCD so sort of concern about the consequences of of our thoughts mm. and things like social phobia so sort of being concerned about appearing anxious in front of other people mm. so yes yeah, so it kind of it takes on a lot of different different forms and affects people in different ways mm. you know in each case we kind of expect sort of typical situations that might have made someone a bit more vulnerable to, to sort of developing the anxiety disorder and, you know, sort of certain sort of biological elements make us more vulnerable to developing particular anxiety disorders. Yes. And especially at this time, I am certain that because of the situation right now across the world, uh, people's anxieties are perhaps at a full to brimming level, perhaps, whereas, you know, with with the routines and other things that have uh, so far made up your life, you're now in a completely different position. So so yes, I think anxiety levels potentially, would you agree, might be slightly different right now? Absolutely. And certainly, you know, sort of mental health trusts are kind of expecting a huge wave of mm. new referrals, you know, particularly from people who perhaps in the past, you know, haven't had any mental health difficulties. And all of a sudden, you know, with, with such a huge change to, to all of our lives, some of those, you know, I was talking about those kind of underlying vulnerabilities, they might suddenly become problematic for people. So, mm. yeah, we, we're kind of expecting that. Yes. That more people might. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and as we go along, you're thinking, actually, yeah, that might be me. Then hopefully this will help you to fathom ways to, to find help, to, to get help for you and your particular feelings and moods at this point. So I wanted to focus as well on PTSD because that is what Diane's character in the audio fiction and also she herself has been diagnosed as having. And mm -hmm. as we mentioned in the thing, normally it is potentially associated with people who've been through, you know, perhaps war-like situations or, you know, where they've seen and, and been involved in things that are tragic horrific things but it also can be yeah as, as Diane's situation part very much of something that has come out of the blue and affected you to some detriment so what what is PTSD how do we recognize that as a more perhaps extreme type of anxiety is it yeah I think that's a really important question and, and a really important point that Diane makes I think sort of typically when we all think about PTSD, we think about, you know, sort of what, what used to be termed as shell shock, so people coming back mm. from war, you know, but actually what, what PTSD is, is is much broader. So, you know, in each case, it involves a trauma. Mm. Typically, that's sort of a threat to a person's physical integrity or where there is a risk of death. 
So, so we're thinking natural disasters, obviously combat, mm. being in a serious accident, but it could also be, you know, birth trauma. That's something that's sort of being more recognised in, in more recent years. Right. And, you know, sort of in, in Diane's case, sort of, you know, being a victim of rape or, you know, violence or torture. Mm. So it's really, really broad. And sort of to the point about PTSD being an anxiety disorder, I suppose what's kind of unique about PTSD is it is classified as um, an anxiety disorder. Mm. Um, but the fear is about something that's happened in the past rather than a fear about a future outcome, as in sort of the other anxiety disorders like OCD, um, social phobia. But mm. the reason it is actually an anxiety disorder is because of the way that the memory is stored in our brains. So it means that it keeps the threat that um, that is in the past as a serious current threat in our minds. So that's kind of why it is an anxiety disorder. So when you know people get flashbacks or sort of other sort of re-experiencing symptoms, mm. they are transported back to the trauma and experience it as though it's happening to them now. So that's why it yes. is an anxiety disorder. So it's quite different in that sense. Yes. And when we, you know, when we relive the memory, it has all of the hallmarks of something that's happening to us. It's not updated. We know that the memory is quite fragmented. It's it's recalled at times where we don't want it to be recalled. So Diane mentions with being at the supermarket, mm. you know, and it, it might just be in an environment that's similar in some way um, to to the event that took place. Could just be, you know, if it was a car accident that you're involved in. And it was a red car that crashed into you. You know, you might see something that's red. You might see someone wearing red. And then all of a sudden, the symptoms come back to you in that moment. And, you know, you sort of have a flashback, for example, of of something that happened at the time. It's really frightening because it, you know, obviously can can hit people at times when they're they're sort of least expecting it. And as far as our show is kind of showcased, we talk about grounding back into the moment you're actually in. Is is yeah. that something that you recommend too from your expertise? I think the most important thing is obviously to get support from a professional so you're kind of working through that together. But mm. I also appreciate, you know, sort of with waiting times at the moment and also that, that people might not feel ready to to go and explore the trauma with somebody that they might need something kind of in the here and now to help them. Yeah. So yes, if they are feeling quite disconnected from the here and now, there are certain things that you can do to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing that can be really helpful is to try and discriminate between what, what's happening to you now and what happened to you at the time of the trauma. So it's thinking about the things that are different rather than the things that are similar. So right. It could be, you know, sort of thinking about Diane in, in the supermarket, you know, thinking, right, you know, it's, it's, it's daytime now. There are lots of people around. You know, I'm, I'm older now. I'm, I'm, I'm safe here. And just mm. thinking about that in the moment, that can be really powerful for people. Yes. Another thing that can be really, really powerful is... Um, sort of finding a smell that's particularly relaxing and calming. Mm. Um, I think people sort of typically think about lavender. Yes. Or something, you know, something kind of similar to that. It could be a perfume that, you, that your mum always wears or just something that, that gives you that sense of calm that mm. you might be able to carry in your handbag or your pocket and just bring you back to the moment. Or yeah. just sometimes just stamping your feet, you know, just really connecting with, what's happening here mm. here and now yes really helpful. take your shoes off and run in the grass 
<laughs> yeah, <perfect. laughs> yeah. No, I think that smell thing is so powerful. I mean, I carry around a little roller now, actually, which I, I oh, give wow. to my kids as well if I feel like they might need a bit of chill out time <laughs> and just put oh, it on the, my wrists or maybe even my temples. And then I have that. Yeah. So I have a, a mobile smell-o-vision thing to, <laughs> to do that, that kind of thing. So I, I recommend folks have a look into that if lavender is your smell of choice. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you know, these things are affecting quite a few people. I haven't got the statistics across the country. There's more than one person listening to this that has PTSD or levels of anxiety to a point where potentially they should be seeking help of some kind. And I just wonder if we can cover now how and where can folks who have any level of anxiety that they're not comfortable with can find help and information? I think the, the most important first step is the recognition, isn't it? So, mm. you know, if you're listening today and, and thinking, actually, that that sounds like me, it sounds like anxiety, like I said, is normal for everybody. But it sounds like for me that, that it's starting to take over my life. It's starting to become problematic. And I think mm. that's a really powerful first step and actually you know can be the hardest for people can I just interject and ask there with regards to how that's manifesting that would be starting to not perhaps be as sociable as you were starting to be perhaps more insular than you were what other ways might that potentially manifest I suppose yeah it would vary sort of hugely depending on on what type of anxiety you're experiencing so you know if it was social phobia obviously that would you know very much be the person isolating themselves but it also can be for other anxiety disorders that that it starts taking over your life you know I'm thinking of OCD and kind of the the behavioral element of that you know it can really take hours and hours of people's day and they're, they're not able to go out and do the things that they regularly do so I think it's thinking about the impact on your functioning you know am I able to enjoy things am I able to keep to a routine mm. you know am I just so weighed down by this that I just can't function so it's I think that's when it kind of tips into you know becoming an issue and becoming problematic and also thinking about relationships as well and um, yes. particularly with PTSD you know people can feel completely disconnected from the world around them right relationships can take a real strain so I think that's really important to to bear in mind and if you are you know somebody's support network and you're seeing that that your loved one's suffering Mm. um, it might not be that they're aware of this so you know having a frank conversation with somebody as painful and difficult as it might be is you know could be a real lifeline for people yes for sure and I mean websites wise or research wise obviously loads of people do have access to the internet where would you point people to for help and information well there are lots of apps out there that can be helpful not specifically for PTSD but thinking about you know we we mentioned grounding which kind of links with with mindfulness Mm. which is really really you know sort of powerful and helpful for people just to be able to take some time and notice without judgment what's going on in our minds and our bodies giving us a bit of bit of time out Mm. and so I'd recommend Headspace it's a great app for that they also have at the moment a free section for anybody to access called weathering the storm Mm-hmm. And that's just some short meditation exercises just to get you kind of used to the idea of that. Superb. There's also Chill Panda, which is a sounds groovy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also sort of helps you to relax, manage your worries, sort of improve your well-being. And you know, thinking about people who might self-harm. Mm-hmm. 
that there's an app called Distract, which which helps with those urges, encourages you to kind of monitor and manage your symptoms, so you're a bit more aware of you know what what your triggers are. Mm. And you know something that can be helpful for people there there are apps with positive affirmations, so it's think, things like Think Up and Shine. Um, so just just to kind of get your your day started with something positive and and you know sort of having good intentions for your day. Yes. Yes, I, I think that whole hunting out quotes as well and, and maybe popping some round the house. So you see them mm. now and then. I, I think when I, I've got things on my iPad that ping up as soon as I, I kind of pop that on and I've got little quotes here and there that I've programmed to come on just because, you know, life is crazy sometimes. So so things like I've got uh, every day begins with an act of courage and hope getting out of bed. That's by Mason Cooley. And just little things like that that's slightly quirky. But yeah, I'm going to get up today is sometimes for some people just immense, isn't it? I think maybe pop some quotes that you dig around your house on your technical things that you're going to see just to remind you that, yeah, actually, you can be good. You can be positive. You can be all uh, uh, what's the words I'm looking for but just a positive influence on how your yeah. mindset is for that day Grand. and that things can change as well you know I might, mm. I might be really anxious and depressed at the moment but you know there, there can be sunnier days yes. and I'd recommend as well if you're going to you know if you're going to put it on your fridge moving it around sort of every now and again because it can just kind of blend into the background and excellent kind of get to notice it yes um, pop it on your loo wall for a bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a lot more reading exactly. there right no fantastic exactly. and with regards to nhs help because obviously you do work for them and and for every specialist we've had on the show so far obviously we've mm-hmm. really you know, found great help and solace in in some of the nhs sites is there anywhere you'd recommend people to look at for, from them specifically so what's fantastic is that Around 12 years ago, the NHS set up something called IAPT, so it's Improving Access to Psychological Therapies, mm-hmm. and it's in response to, you know, sort of recognising that that more and more people need psychological support. Yeah. So that those were kind of set up all over the country. They have sort of different, sort of more snappier names than, <laughs> than um, that title, but the purpose of that is that it's you know, much easier for people to access. So either you go to your GP you know and get a referral that way but a lot of them actually can just self-refer so you can just look up your local IAPT service mm-hmm. and fill in a form online your GP doesn't have to know about it unless obviously you know they, they have to kind of report any concerns back to your GP but I think that just kind of makes it a bit easier for people to access yes and the nice guidelines so the National Institute of Clinical Excellence they recommend oh, yes. CBT so cognitive behavioral therapy Mm-hmm. Um, between eight and twelve sessions for people with with PTSD, that will vary kind of depending on sort of the type of anxiety or depression that you have, mm-hmm. and it's evidence based. It works. I think you know sort of the most important message that I can give to people at, at home today is that PTSD is treatable. You know, mm-hmm. There is a lot of hope with this. Good. I think you know, as, as Diane was saying, it's it's really important to get the right person. I think yeah. you know, a lot of the success of therapy comes down to that relationship that you have with the person that you sat opposite. That makes um, sense. And, yes. Yeah, and I, and I think you know sometimes you know personalities just clash a bit, and that's fine. And you, mm. you can ask to have another therapist. There's not a problem with that. Mm. I mean, therapy can be quite difficult, you know, because obviously. 
um, you know, a big part of what maintains PTSD and other anxiety disorders is avoidance. You know, we, we try as hard as we can not to feel those painful experiences, not to remember what has happened to us. Mm. Um, and with CBT, you know, in that really supportive environment, you're encouraged to, you know, to look at what happened to help you process the memory. Yep. And and also the other thing that we work on, there's lots of other things we work on, but one one thing that kind of stands out thinking about avoidance is reclaiming your life. So trying to get back those things that you enjoyed before, mm-hmm. trying to get you connected with your family again and your friends. So there's quite a lot of strands to it. Yes. And it can be really successful. So I just really want to get that, that across. Superb. Thank you. And regards to reading material, is there any books or, or things that people can get hold of that might be useful to help them in their day-to-day? There are lots of books, sort of PTSD, sort of self-help books based on CBT techniques that I would recommend. Mm. I would say, you know, with, with those self-help guides, you know, just you know, reading them with caution and just recognising, obviously, that the best help is obviously you know, sort of connecting with, with somebody who's qualified and assessing your needs. Yes, medical health professionals. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But there are, you know, there are lots of, of CBT um, help books out there that, that are really, really powerful and really helpful. And I, I suppose sort of particularly for people um, with what we call kind of sub-threshold um, symptoms, so they might not meet the full diagnosis of PTSD or another anxiety disorder, but they're experiencing some you know, some symptoms and those books can help with getting them back out there again and and some of those kind of grounding techniques and things like that. Superb. Thank you. Good. And yeah, is there anything else that you would direct people towards for help and information? Yeah, so the the PTSD UK website is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of kind of technical information if you're sort of interested in kind of what happens to our brain when when we experience a trauma. Mm. There's also sections on there for family members as I think you know it can be really difficult for, for families Absolutely. trying to support mm. people so that that's really really helpful yes if the trauma was related to combat combat stress is also fantastic they have three treatment centers around the country so you just you know look on their website get in contact with them see how they might be able to support you mm-hmm. bruise bereavement is also a fantastic place if the trauma relates to a loss right and also, you know, if the trauma relates to a crime, you know, victim support can offer free confidential support to, to victims of crimes. That's also something that people can tap into. Yes. Mind, they're a fantastic yeah. mental health charity. Mm-hmm. You can find them online. And they also have an online community. It's called Ellie Friends. So yes. that, that could be helpful. Yeah, For sure. I mean, connecting with other potential networks to to feel like you're not alone, you're not the only one having these issues is often helpful, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It just normalises it, doesn't it? I think the thing about PTSD is, you know, it's it's actually a really common reaction to a really abnormal, frightening, horrible situation. It's our brain doing what it does Mm. to to protect us in that moment you know and and it's just helping your brain to process that yes and if 
if that first step is by just you know, sort of connecting with people online and that's you know that's yes. really for people. Excellent. I've done a bit of research as well. There's quite a few women specific help groups in that are localized you know so so do mm. have a browse around in for your area type in you know a variety of different search engines terms mm-hmm. and and see what's in your local area and I, I don't know if there's like a a centralized website is there where there would that be that information is there anything like that at all I couldn't say 100% but I don't think there is i think mm. it would be just um, search your yeah, own area local charities yeah mm. okay and what's interesting is that that women are much more likely to develop ptsd than men so it's interesting that you found oh. sort of that the that the services were sort of focused on women yes i'll put um, some of those i found on our, our show notes as well as anything kylie's mentioning today as well for sure Superb. Well, thank you very much for helping out on our first episode of three on on this issue. Uh, it's very, very cool to talk to you. We'll, we'll speak to you again next week. You're very welcome. Take care. Well, there you go, folks. There's so much to unpack in this, isn't there? <laughs> I do hope, I do, 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 do hope that Diane is in a good place right now because... Obviously, she's in this lockdown with the rest of us. So, Diane, if you're listening, I bloody love you. And thank you for sharing this. Just simply for the reason that you wanted to help other people recognise that finding help, that getting help, that being proactive in looking for help, talking about what's happened, and grounding you in looking forward to a better future and practising self-care is paramount is the best and most important thing to do for your mental health and recovery after the horrific trauma of rape and that's for men and for women for trans folks for non-binary for everyone anyone so i do hope if this has happened to you that you can get to someone please or just at least read something or watch something or just just listen to this again (laughs) just to find someone who can be useful to help you deal with this aspect of you and your life's events and i don't know help you live in your life now in a more positive and life enhancing way (laughs) is that naive (laughs) oh bloody hope not (laughs) so uh so Thank you so, so much to my cast, who Kirsten Stansfield as Freya, Laura Parker as Gabby, Lucy Shirley as Rachel, and well, I played Charlie. Hello. Fiona Thrale as the beautifully calm therapist. To be honest, I need to book in a session with you, Fiona. <laughs> and my mum, my brilliant, brave, beautiful, amazing, wonderful, gorgeous, kind-hearted, groovy-souled, inspiring, resilient, amazing audio mum was played by the all of the above and more Diane Alexander. I think applause is due. <laughs> the piano playing of Packlebell's Canon in D was played by the lovely and talented James Hudson. Thank you, James. Groovy music ever written for podcast introduction and outros was by Matt Hutt and Zach Lemon. Cheers, fellas. And my wondrous executive producer is Fiona Thrale, who also produces her own outstanding shows with Dashing Onions. So go give her amazing audio fiction a listen, why don't you? 
Now, other shows I'd love you to listen to this week that I have been involved in as a voice actor at some point in the last few years, please don't let that put you off, include The Subjective Truth by Danny and Jeremy Ellett of Good Point, a supernatural story of grooviness about a missing son, as with the amazing Anthony Olivieri. He's awesome. In fact, the whole team, Addison Peacock, just everyone in that is amazing. And uh, Kristen DiMercurio, who's one of my favourites in the world. And uh, Edict Zero, it's a sci-fi season of awesome by the uber-talented Jack Kincaid. He is awesome, man. And also Oz9, where oh, I play the wonderfully delicious, fun spy, Mrs. Sheffield. And she pops up here and there, and so that's quite fun. So fun times. All of these teams I've worked with on these shows are glorious, and well, I do hope you give them a listen and a review. And finally, thank you for listening. Please share this with folks you know in the world, just in case it helps someone. That's the whole point of me releasing these in the first place. And all of the characters and real humans involved spending time to try and make a difference in positivity, in self-image, in recognising you're not the only one that these things might be happening to. I do hope you can have some quiet time to digest what's happened in this podcast because I do want to point out again that the audio fiction part is part verbatim, part fiction, but the fact that this happened in real life to the real person mentioned herein is real and it's possibly happening to someone else now. Justice in this case was not delivered. The British legal system lets wonderful people like Diane Alexander down every single bloody day. But life, life must go on, right? Or it doesn't. And so let's hope folks can find the help and support and light and happiness they need to continue to carry on as long as life is naturally intended. Love to you and yours in these times of crazy. And I do hope you come back next week to fathom what happens when the girls find Flo at home under her duvet. She's okay, I guess. And we hear more from Diane herself and her real life and more from the wonderful Kylie Salholm about how folks who have PTSD, anxiety and depression, for whatever reason, can help themselves. <sighs> Take care, you lovely you. Bye-bye.